Live from parts unknown, you're listening to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. The only wrestling podcast on the planet, we think. Sit back, relax, prepare for positivity to run through your veins as Simon Miller gives you your weekly dose of powerful pro wrestling audio. It is Miller Time. Hello and welcome to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Show. My name is Simon Miller. This is a pro wrestling show. Thank you to everyone that joined me on Twitch this week. Of course, twitch.tv forward slash Simon Miller 316. I'm going to tell you this now. Not only do you get like two bumper episodes over there a week, but we're going to start doing sort of mini bite-sized chunks because I've got to get all these statistics up in order to get affiliated. So if you haven't followed me on Twitch, I would implore you to do so. I promise you'll have a good time. But also, right now, you're logged into the podcast one. And like I've told you before, exclusive episodes going up on the podcast feeds all the time so hit that subscribe button too i know i'm asking a lot of you my last thing i would ask is if you head over to patreon.com forward slash simon 316 if you've got a little bit of money hanging around and you want to support me or you just want to call me a begging asshole that's fine too somebody did that on youtube the other day but Mello, you're such a begging asshole i'm like yeah but bro if i don't mention it nobody knows that's how it works i know it sucks but what are you going to do anyway the point is when you do go to patreon i try and give you something back and one of the things that you can have one of the rewards is you can come on the podcast and we can just have a good old chin wag you can do it on here the pro wrestling show i also have simon miller's gaming show go and search for that right now and subscribe if you haven't and obviously it's the wrestling one you figured this one out because you've clicked it and coming back apparently for the first time in two years i'm a terrible human being and i don't remember this it's my man george george how you doing today i'm doing very well thank you uh, you're not a terrible human being. I do forgive you. Um, <laughs> but uh, not much has changed over the last two years. I enjoyed my experience with you. Uh, we chatted a lot, uh, just talking about wrestling, uh, answering some questions. And I correctly predicted Matt Riddle would be signed by WWE, which happened later that year. Did you really? Well, there you go, dude. Well, I expect more predictions today. Then. <laughs> but I also <laughs> said Roman Reigns return heel, and uh, we're still waiting. So there you go. Well, do you know what? I mean, it's not the it's not the worst prediction because especially two years ago, at the time, I think we were all screaming for it, right? Absolutely. It, it, it just it just made all the sense in the world, and Roman's kind of gone on this. Wow, I mean, ever since we've talked, he's gone on this bizarre adventure. You know, obviously, the illness is the most important thing, and thankfully, he was able to get through that. But I didn't really think, even when he came back, that WWE booked him in the way that I personally would have booked him. It's almost like they fell into you know, old habits die hard, as they say. Um, there you go. That's a place to start. Everyone loves talking about Roman Reigns. Obviously, not on TV right now. He didn't turn heel. What did you make of his of his run for the last two years? I kind of felt like it was a bit wash, rinse, repeat. Yeah, I agree. They... Um went back to the big dog being the underdog and cutting the same generic promos. I I think, to be honest, though, when he did the promo, when he announced that he had leukemia and it, when he did the promo when he was basically all clear, I think that was one of the first times we ever saw the real Roman Reigns. And there was that connection that he made with the fans. And I think for a while, it was like that natural... Um, that response that he was getting okay fair enough it may have been a bit sympathetic but at the same time we saw this human being not this this guy who just does the spear and a lot of fans see as john cena 2.0 but however uh, like you say i think he had that long feud that never ended with shane mcmahon and drew mcintyre <laughs> then we had an even longer feud with baron corbin that just never ended and i think because it, Baron Corbin is universally hated. 
I think he's a decent heel, to be honest. I think, yeah, you're not necessarily going to get a five-star match from him, but he does his job, and I think... But it ran its course, and I think... Like, I'm not necessarily booing Roman Reigns, but I'm also not caring either. I think that's fair. I, I think I like him more than most people, but I would agree with... I think a lot of people are in that camp. And I think the real interesting thing that you mentioned there is Drew McIntyre, because Drew McIntyre has been built as the the guy that you don't mess with, right? You know, that's, that's, he's, he's not an underdog. He is a champion. You know, he's a champion. He's a dominant champion and so on and so forth. And that is why we like him so much. And I find it incredible that WWE never felt the need to, to do that with Roman Reigns. I think that would have helped Roman exponentially going forward because that's how he comes across, right? He comes across like a, you look at him and you think that guy's not an underdog. That's a guy that I totally believe could kick somebody's ass. Why aren't we, you know, why aren't we putting him in this position when he does eventually come back and who knows when that's going to be? Do you think, can you actually see anything changing? Cause I can't, if I'm being completely honest, I think it would be the same kind of thing. I'd like to get my hopes up. And I do think him having this time <laughs> off is might benefit him, might uh, give the fans a bit of renewed interest and freshen up the character. But I think when he comes back, we're going to get probably Braun Strowman turns heel, Roman's the underdog, and then Roman beats him for the title. And then we're just going to have Braun versus Roman for the next six months. Yeah, that doesn't excite me massively. I mean, I don't mind um, Braun Strowman losing the championship. I know that's a little bit mean, but I just, I'm not, it's not lighting me up, you know? I don't get excited. I have no idea who his next opponent is either after the whole Miz and John Morrison thing. I have absolutely no idea, so. Do you feel they pulled the trigger a bit too late with Braun Strowman? Oh, Matt, absolutely. He was red hot a couple of years ago, and it felt like it was the right time, and then they had, he had several tight shots, Brock Lesnar, four-way matches, even Roman Reigns. And it just, by the time it finally happened, it happened with no fans against, you know, a 55-year-old Goldberg after like three, four minutes and champion. You know, just, I I feel like I want to get behind him, but I just think the damage is done, in my opinion. Well, I think you're right, too. Like, there was a time when I think we were all, but he was flipping ambulances and being the monster among men properly. Yeah, I I totally agree. But then, you know, he's teaming with kids at WrestleMania and he had a couple of other ridiculous storylines, which I never mind at all. I think if WWE or AEW or any professional wrestling company wants to have fun, great. But you also have to accept there's consequences to that. And in terms of... Braun Strowman, it was taking away his aura, like you said. So now that he... And also, he became champion in a match which was never explained. It was just on that random episode of SmackDown where they went, oh, it's now Roman Reigns versus Goldberg. And you were like, wait, what? (laughs) It's just... And then it's like, it's Braun Strowman now. It's what? Yeah. And that's never going to help anybody because you have to be able to invest. And also, I don't mind the spam finisher match. But that was one too many. You know, when we were doing the all the Goldberg stuff and all the mm. Braun Strowman stuff, I was like, I've seen this too much now. And again, law of diminishing returns. I don't really care. No, I agree. And I think we've all, I think we still had that sour taste from Goldberg absolutely squashing the fiend. And it's been, yeah. what, five months and I'm still crying. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I mean, yeah, I, I still don't, I don't understand that, especially because the plan at one stage was for Goldberg to lose that match. Look, I'm a massive Goldberg fan, but I can still look at the wrestling landscape and easily think to myself, we don't need, 
Goldberg to win this match. It doesn't benefit anybody. No. And luckily, you know, Bray White's so good at what he does, he can always figure out how to how to get himself back over. But uh, yeah, it was just the whole thing was just so bizarre. I mean, WrestleMania in general was so bizarre. You know, it just so much was going on, obviously, mm. with no fans and, and everything like that. And I think they did a decent job. I do. I enjoyed the weekend. I think but, they did a great job, to be honest. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I agree. But there were a couple of uh, missed not opportunities, but missteps that I think now are harming them a little bit. However, Bray White's going to be back on SmackDown this week. He'll probably reignite his feud with Braun Strowman. And I actually believe if they do have a match at Extreme Rules that Bray White will win. I don't think they've got that much invested in Braun. I think they clearly see White still as a a guy that should have the championship. And then I do think Roman Reigns will come back and beat maybe Bray White instead or Braun Strowman. I think one of the two. Yeah, no, I I would go with that. And I think it will benefit um, Bray Wyatt as well because he's been off TV for a bit. And last time we did see him, he lost, but he didn't lose as The Fiend. So it would make sense. He'd come back, but he comes back as The Fiend, beats Braun, and then we get Bray versus Roman for the summer. Yeah, I don't mind that. I don't mind if, if he comes back there. I don't mind at all. As we are talking about WWE, I've only touched on this on passing, but I'd like I like to, you know, the great thing about having these podcasts is getting the feedback from the community the big fallout this week is the fact that as I'm talking, WWE is desperately trying to record and tape all their shows because obviously they had a positive test for the coronavirus and they were like, uh-oh, we better start treating this more seriously. How does that affect you as a viewer? Because a friend of mine actually was on the gaming show recently, my man Brett. You know, he is, um, and I completely understand this. I obviously view it differently because of my job. But when you kind of see all this going down, do you now think... Basically, does it hamper your enjoyment of the product knowing that WWE was a little bit careless in their treatment of their wrestlers? I think it's madness. I just, <laughs> I honestly think to myself, like, is Vince McMahon human? This, he doesn't believe that this thing was actually happening. And obviously, we've probably read online now about Kevin Dunn uh, telling fans not to wear masks. I mean, with, and the wrestlers, we don't know how true that is, but they're only doing tests now. When people, you know, I don't want to get too emotional, but, you know, we're still in a pandemic and people are dying um, mm. from this virus. That's no, true. Yeah, and it's true. You are putting people's lives at risk. Uh, like, I can't imagine, like, The Rock being happy because his daughter's out there, you know. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's <laughs> uh, true. Can you imagine, yeah. like, The Great One just kicking off? <laughs> uh, but it's, it's, it's madness, though. It's just crazy. It's one thing I sort of... I don't want to do the whole AEW versus WWE thing because I like both companies, but I do. you have to give AEW pra- um, credit and massive praise because they have been testing not even just the wrestlers, but talent and the mm. workers all backstage. Yeah, so, no... I think the thing that this is the problem, and I would have done the same thing. I always caveat it. But this is the issue with the AEW versus WWE thing. Both companies are going to do better than the other every now and then, right? They just are. It's true. And in this instance, you know, AEW went, or Tony Khan, you know, went full in with it and said, we're going to test people properly. WWE thought they could get away with, uh, you know, temperature tests. And then as soon as you get a, a positive result, it's kind of, you, know, you, you let the door open That's and you never know what's going to come through it. It's good though. I mean, it's I mean, it's bad that he they went on this long without properly testing people. It's just like, yep, yep, sit down where you are. Yep, cool. You, you can you can go stand for three hours and uh, cheer like an idiot, as opposed to actually testing someone. Okay, fair enough. And they I, they did get lucky, and it is good that you know we've not had um, any serious infections and someone okay one positive result. 
and hopefully this makes Vince and the company change their ways and mm. just get more strict. And then hopefully once they've done that, I can go back to enjoying the show and uh, moaning after about the results. <laughs> a true a true wrestling fan as as we all do dude look before we start getting into the nitty-gritty i think it's always interesting to get people's perspective uh, as i just said aw obviously when we last chatted wasn't even a twinkle in our eye i don't even think we had any idea what was going to happen over the next 24 months what has been your experience with it not just from you know its inception and going oh wow we're actually going to have a quote-unquote proper wrestling war but also to where you know you're at with it now because obviously our experience of it has changed hugely uh i think AEW is putting on decent shows week to week but it's nothing without that ravenous fan base that makes all that noise so yeah overall sort of you know as briefly as, as you can what i mean you've obviously made it clear that you're an AEW fan but what's been in your opinion of it overall overall i have been happy with the company it has its flaws uh definitely the women's division is still needs some work it's a bit weak i think Britt baker at the start of aw i was just thinking okay what's special about her and then i've seen her develop a character since she turned heels the role model she's been so brilliant at it just portraying this sort of cocky uh dentist um sort of diva character and i absolutely love it I think the tag uh, tag division uh, still needs some work, but you do also get at each show like match of the year contenders. I think each show has been very good. I do think they are relying a bit too much on past stars and former recently signed WWE, uh, recently let go WWE talent, as we see with Matt Hardy, Luke Harper. Uh, yeah, obviously, I would, I would say Jericho, but he didn't really get released, did he? He sort of left on his own terms, went to Japan, and then just sort of made a, another um, career for himself, in a way, with the Le Champion. Hmm. I think... It's... Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Sorry. No, you keep going. <laughs> keep going. Keep going. Uh, I was just going to say, I think the commentary... At first, I used to get wound up with JR, but now I think he's absolutely hilarious, uh, especially when I see it on Botchamania. You know, it, it's Ross time. It just cracks me up all the time. Yeah, no, I, I think JR's kind of found his feet now. I never really had a problem with it, but I understand why some people were getting wound up, like totally. it was. Uh, he seemed a little bit pissed off. Two things I want to touch upon there that I found really interesting, because a lot of people say they're contrary to me. So, you know, I love to hear the contrary opinion. You said you think the tag division needs work. I had someone actually tell me earlier today they think AEW is focusing too much on the tag division. So just expand on that for me. You know, what do you think they need to do? Uh, of course, I, I think... I think some teams are in the wrong, the wrong roles. Like, I think um, Pride and Powerful should, like, should be babyfaces. I just don't think the Young Bucks are likeable babyfaces. I think their work is outstanding. And I think as a tag team, they are world-class. Um, that's a bit weird to say about wrestling as opposed to football. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I think as a tag team, they are incredible. Like, some of their work's brilliant. But when it comes to their promos... And building up to sort of angles, I just find them very unlikable, just like cocky pricks. And when they were heels, like in the Bullet Club in Japan, and even Ring of Honor, I just thought they were so good at it. You just sort of want, you generally wanted to hate them. Uh, I, I also think um, the revival coming in as baby faces just doesn't work for me. And I think the spotlight should be more on them. Like I should see squash matches and promos building up. And I feel like it's getting a bit distracting with all the other teams sort of clashing at the same time, whereas we should just build them up nice and slow just so we can, this is a new audience, isn't it? Not everyone knows who they are. Hmm. 
Yeah, I agree. I think the problem with the Young Bucks is to try and turn them bad guys when the, the, the majority of your fans know who they are. I agree with you. I think when they are bad guys, they just got arrogance to them in a good way. But I think that's probably something that we need to save. We save down the line. But you are right. I totally take your. I totally mm. take your point. What have you thought about Hangman Page and Kenny Omega together? Because I thought it was such a strange thing to do at first. But because W uh, WWE, because AEW will always sort of, with well, most things, will sort of be. They'll remain steadfast with their ideas. Now I love them, and now I can't imagine anybody else being the tag team champions. I think it's absolutely saved their uh, their careers in a way. It's because um, I was. I just thought they were both a bit sort of lost and a bit sort of plain before they joined together. And the matches they've been having is great. Hangman Page is so charismatic. He is fantastic. He's obviously with the drinking gimmick. Um, in the in the uh, Stampede match, he just cracked me up with that brawl with Swagger. Um, I still think Kenny Omega's lost his aura that he had once um, as Japan, you know, as the cleaner. He just had, he screamed star. Sorry, right. again, but as a singles act, I'm just a bit worried. I think was it? So I'm just, I was just a bit worried. Where was it? Just all hype, or is he just a good athlete that you know isn't necessarily all that? That's... I, I, I think he's just. I think he's deliberately put himself in a position where he is hanging under the radar so that when it's time for him to go after the AW title, we kind of get all that magic that we saw from New Japan. Yeah. So it, it's almost like that he's sacrificing himself for the greater good, which is way over the top. I don't mean that as it sounds at all. <laughs> but that's that's kind of the impression that I get. And I could be wrong. Like, if it doesn't happen, then you do have to start questioning in it. And maybe he just prefers a behind-the-scene role. I don't know. You know, that's, that's the thing. Mm. But he's certainly not as bombastic as he was in New Japan. But like I say, a little part of me thinks that may be down to design. You know, let all these other people shine, build these people up. And then when it is time again for me to be the top guy, he'll be Kenny Omega. I still believe he's one of the best wrestlers in the world. Like sometimes, I've, especially during the pandemic when he didn't wrestle that much. Every time he got in the ring in a tag match or when he was teaming with Matt Hardy, just the, the pace, the speed, the agility, the athleticism. I, I forget how, how good he is. Like I, I, I really do. I really do like him. And the other thing I wanted to talk. Oh, sorry, go on, man. Are we going to say something? I was just going to say, I feel like because I listened to Jim Cornette, I think it's ruined how I view Kenny Omega a little bit, the way he calls him Kenny Olivier, and oh, it's all performance, and you know, it's an act to him. I still enjoy, I still enjoy him, but I think that's just hurt my viewing, unfortunately, just because the way Cornet just rips into him a little bit. Oh no, that, that always happens, man. <laughs> no, I do, but that's your human being, right? Yeah. Like, um, it's one of the reasons that you know, before I do ups and downs, in case anyone, I'm sure everyone does know, but in case you don't know, my what culture review show, I won't go online. You know, sometimes I'll go and read somebody else's report if I think I've got something wrong or to double check a move, you know, in terms of actual factual things. But I'll never read opinion because I'm like, it, it, it affects you. It does. If you read something and then you read somebody else saying it, it slowly gets into your into your head. So, yeah, I know that Jim Cornette does not like. <laughs> the way he calls him like jazz hands. Yeah, he does not like. <laughs> I, I think he goes too far. But, you know, Jim Cornette there are knows some what he's doing. I do think, right, that's a bit much. Like, Yeah, I do. Just, just be nice. Uh, the other point I wanted to mention, you said you think there's too many WWE stars in AEW or former stars, which a lot of people say. That's far more of a criticism than I get. Uh, I'm going to give you the, the devil's advocate response to that is that, you know, Brody Lee's got a good place. Matt Hardy's got a good place. Chris Jericho is Chris Jericho. You know, if they weren't there, who would you plug into those positions? Chris Jericho, he stays. I don't think AEW would be as successful as it is currently without Chris Jericho. Oh, yeah. He's not only elevated 
himself. He's elevated the inner circle, those around him, pride and powerful, Sammy Guevara. And anyone he's worked with has looked better, even Jungle Boy, even segments with MJF. So he stays, but I, I don't necessarily need to see Matt Hardy doing the, the broken gimmick. It just doesn't work for me anymore. And I, <laughs> the Dark Order, I've, I've tried to like him. I like Brody Lee as a talent. I enjoyed him even as a singles run back in WWE. And I do feel, I understand why he wanted to leave because he wasn't necessarily getting the spotlight or the push that he sort of wanted. However, I just think the promise is cut. I've just been unconvincing and I just don't believe in this character. I don't, I'm not invested in the Dark Order and I feel like they're sort of shoving that gimmick down our throats. Mm. And in terms of replacements of people who have just been recently released, uh, EC3, he's up there because uh, he's doing a new gimmick now. So it's not necessarily similar to MJF. And I'd probably bring in uh, Zack Ryder because he'll be able to, I think you sort of need that job guy, uh, but one that's entertaining as well. Plus he's got, he's got such a strong following uh, for the figure collecting uh, community so he yeah. can bring that with him. And obviously AEW just got figures coming in as well. So, And he's still quite young. AC3's not that old either. Whereas Matt Hardy's he's pushing 50. And yeah, he's intelligent and he's very creative. But do I really need to see like 30-minute single matches with Matt Hardy when his knees are you know quite... <laughs> it's actually, I, I, I'm not knocking him so I respect anyone who gets in the ring so before anyone puts in the comments doesn't doesn't understand what he's done for the business I'm not saying that I'm just saying I don't need to see it on a, on a, on a new company no dude look you're allowed your opinion man you're 100% allowed your opinion and I would never look it goes to show that we're all going to you know come at it from a different way because I love Matt Hardy mm-hmm. you know I enjoy his segments and I look forward to them but that's the you know, that's the beauty of pro wrestling and something I definitely think this AEW versus NXT versus WWE thing has made worse is it's very black and white you know like you, you have to pick a side and, and stick with it and I don't understand that I'd much rather be uh, I'd much rather just have open debate and try and uh, yeah, just you know discuss this stuff because you can, there's over 10 hours of wrestling a week now if you're going to watch everything there is no way you can watch all of that content and enjoy every single little bit it's impossible nobody's yeah. that good but it's, it's, it's okay to like not like something yeah and of course it is of, you know okay I have to like it because it's AW it's like there's some people who you know, don't like Marco stunt because they're WWE fans and they're, you know, Cornette people or Orange Cassidy and stuff. I, I like both companies. I like Jim Cornette, but I also like Orange Cassidy. I think he's fucking hilarious. Sorry mm. to swear. Um, it's all good, man. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's just, it's, for me personally, I like a bit of everything, really. And let's, let's, let's use that, what you've just said there, Orange Cassidy. Let's bring it right into June 2020. Because obviously we're about to get Orange Cassidy versus Chris Jericho. Yes. I don't care what anybody said. Let's go back to the last time you were on the podcast. If I had told you then that match was going to happen, you probably would have just hung up. And you would have been <laughs> like, I'm not, I'm not having this ridiculous conversation with you. Which kind of goes to show the evolution we've had over the last two years. I am incredibly pumped for it. I think at this stage... I'm excited. Yeah, a lot of the naysayers, I think, have kind of been proven wrong a little bit. If you don't like them, that's fine, the general you. But I think his character has developed so well in AEW in the sense that we've now gone from can't give a crap 
Orange Cassidy to last night as we're recording this on Dynamite. Oh no, now you've pissed me off. I'm really fired up. I'm absolutely going to kick your ass. Looking important, looking in control. To me, that's an awesome character arc. That's depth. Yeah, it's great. Like if you had told me this two years ago, my initial response would have been, who's Orange Cassidy? Of course. <laughs> yeah. uh, you saw that like, I see him, I, but I, I followed what the crowd are doing at the same time. I was just like, but he's so entertaining. He's super over and he's doing nothing. And now we've seen him sort of, you know, if you piss him off, like that match he had with Pac, um, I'm, I think it's uh, the pay-per-view in February, we saw like, okay, he's actually a really good wrestler. Oh, yeah. And now we've seen, you know, I think I think him and Jericho are just going to, in my opinion, and I think you might agree as well, like they're just going to sort of tear the house down. Oh, yeah, I know. I think it would be great. I don't think Chris Jericho is capable of having a bad match. Obviously, he's capable of having a slower match than he used to do. Yeah. But his psychology and the way he plans things out, I always think makes so much sense. And again, he does, he's such a weird character. I always say this. Chris Jericho is both the most arrogant man in the world, but also the most humble. Like he, he, You listen to him on his podcast, and he clearly believes in his own hype. It's one of the reasons he's been so successful. But he's not a Hulk Hogan. You know, He's not an Ultimate Warrior. He's not no. uh, Kevin Nash. He'll put anybody over. He will do whatever is best for the story and whatever is best for the business. And you know, while also making sure that he protects himself because he understands his own worth. That is such a rare thing to find in professional wrestling. And I suppose it's because he's like... I mean, it doesn't really make sense anymore, but he's one of the new wave guys post hulk hogan and all that era and the next one that is still going you know a lot of those guys are done now they're retired they're not resting at 50 years old and he doubt he literally just wants to give back and i think that's why people like him so much i would say in terms of matches that we've got on the cards over the next few weeks that is my number one anticipated match because i just want to see what the hell they're going to do pretty much i absolutely agree i'm the same and he is actually my favorite of all time him and bret hart i'd have to say I just love the way that his character's evolved and he's always changing with the times. Like, who can say they've honestly done that in a 30-plus year career? Like, I love Ric Flair, one of the best of all time, but he's just been Ric Flair for the last 50... I don't know how long he's been messing for, but you know what I'm saying? Mm. Oh, no, absolutely. And I I think Jericho and Norwich Cassidy, it's just going to be fun. It's been fun so far, and uh, it's just going to be a clever match and an interesting match, and it's going to... I think they're going to book it very well. He's him... And MJF have just been booked perfectly, in my opinion. Yeah, to me, I don't know where we're going with MJF. Obviously, we need to get through the Lucha Express stuff first, which makes sense. We've been building that for a while. But he must have a world title reign in him. I'm, I'm talking about next year, two years, three years, whenever. You know, and also, we kind of need to wrap up all the stuff with Cody at some point as well. And, you know, the fact that AEW is... I'm pretty sure that's by design that we have all these uh, these things in the tank. So, yeah, to me, MJF is one of those guys. And him, Jungle Boy, Orange Cassidy, I love. I mean, I mean, I'll be intrigued to see where he is in a few years. Not that I don't think he'll be a massive success, but it's easier to sort of draw out a piece of paper with guys like Jungle Boy and Sammy Guevara and MJF. But MJF especially, because it's so hard to be a, a proper heel in 2020. Because we all know the deal, you know, the, the, the wall got torn down a long time ago. But he genuinely pisses people off. I think the way that he acts on social media, the fact he never drops his character, the fact he charges people $500 for meet and greets. Like, it just, <laughs> it's great though, isn't it? And, it? and even guys like you and I that know what's going on, I've had a few occasions where I've been like, son of a bitch. I'm like, oh, he got me. He got me because he's such a, he's such a dick. And again, that is so rare 
I think, honestly, out of everybody on that roster, I'd probably say him and Sammy Guevara and Jungle Boy have so much potential, it's almost insane. Yeah, I agree, man. I think MJF's character is just... I think the fact that we're debating whether he's like that or not it just says how good of a job he's doing. Like, I do believe he is a prick in real life, but he's also a very good wrestler. Mm. And the oh, match, yeah. Um, and I was just going to say, in the match that he had a Jungle Boy at Double or Nothing, uh, stole the show for me, personally. And uh, I think the future of AEW is uh, in pretty good hands at the moment. Mm. I agree. All right, let's switch over to WWE. Um, what's... I, I get the last three months have an asterisk next to them, but hey, we, we, you know, AEW's in the same boat. How have you found... I mean, I don't expect you to go through month by month, but yeah, again, last two years. How, you know, because I know a lot of people when AEW started almost felt like, okay, I've only got so many entertainment hours to dedicate to one or the other. I'm actually now going to lean more towards elite wrestling and they stay up to date with WWE one way or another. Uh, have you enjoyed it? Have you not enjoyed it? Do you think they're heading in the right direction? What's your take? I believe certain aspects. Um, okay, so I will include NXT in this chat. So oh, NXT, yeah, that counts too, especially I'm now. Especially always going to watch religiously. It's still probably my favorite TV show to watch, and it has been for a very long time. WWE, as a product and a brand, at times it does feel like a chore to watch. Um, <laughs> you'll have for every few months of bad booking and, you know, just bad shows, you'll have that great show, like Survivor Series last year with NXT, uh, the involvement of that, fantastic pay-per-view. Then the Royal Rumble came in, you know, Drew won. Everyone is just excited. So it's great. And then, however, you'll get stupid stuff like Lana and Bobby Lashley. This Messiah thing with Seth Rollins, I cannot stand it. I'm sorry if anyone's listening and is enjoying it. I honestly just, I'll watch it, but I'm just clock watching or I'm just trying to find something else to do because I don't necessarily want to miss something like Dominic coming out. And <laughs> uh, but there's certain things like, however, I will put my hand up and admit that Bailey and Sasha Banks, when it first sort of, started again i was just moaning and i wasn't looking forward to it and i was just giving out but the last few months especially since mania it's been the best storyline in wrestling in my opinion it's just built built well which, it's subtle, which one's that sorry which uh, one? bailey and sasha banks oh right okay yes oh yeah i agree yeah um you know they're having a good tag match just the one that just happened uh with shotzi blackheart and uh tegan knox was very good and I just think the little hints, and you just don't know when Sasha's going to turn on her, and Bailey's really coming in, like her character's really developing now. It's like it's because um, at first I thought, okay, she looks like um, a soccer mum that's just going to, you know, wants to speak to the manager. But now I sort of find the character a bit more believable. Uh, I think we're also seeing like she is actually a pretty good worker. Like she had a match mm. with Tamina, she literally did everything she could to make to me to look good and also to show off a heel work mm. no dude i i much prefer this character of bailey like i never disliked her her hugger gimmick i actually thought it was quite fun and friendly and i felt like ww was missing that but in terms of yeah character depth and somebody i can actually buy into i think this version is so much better and has so much more longevity and i actually think i find it more entertaining you know, she's been one of these people that has seized the day when it's come to no crowds. And she's very loud. She's very funny. She's, very, you know, a bit, of a, a bit of an asshole, as you'd expect. 
and the slow build that they're doing with Sasha Banks. The only problem I have is if they split them up tomorrow, and of course it all depends on the narrative, is I feel like I'd be rooting for Bailey, And I don't think she'd be the face. I think Sasha Banks would be, but I don't know. But I just feel, I find myself, Sasha Banks, I find, is an MJF. She's a Miz. I find that I want to boo her instinctively when she's a heel. I think she's that good. Whereas, I don't know, it's difficult. What would you do? Which way would you go? I would wait until we can have a live crowd. So we've still got another mm. month of it, a couple of months. But I'd also try and build up Sasha to be more of a likable character. Because yeah. I think, as you said, like the boss gimmick herself is a natural heel gimmick. And when she is a heel, she's fantastic. But we haven't, up until she came back last year um, in the summer, we haven't actually properly seen her as a, you know, as a solo heel. It's just this work with Bailey. She had a quite, you know, a short feud with Becky, um, but basically most of her run, she's just been a babyface and she got sort of lost. So I sort of try and work on her being a babyface. So when she do- when it does happen, the fans will, you know instantly want to cheer Sasha as opposed to Bailey because she's become a good heel and fans have become a fan of her work. So I would just try and build up a bit more and uh, give Sasha a bit more spotlight. Yeah, yeah, I think I think it's going to be good though. And I've been waiting for this for so long. Do you remember when they broke them up before and then it was a big lie? That was fun, wasn't it? Uh, we got Dr. <laughs> Shelby back though. So. <laughs> Dude, you obviously, you mentioned how important NXT is to you. Uh, have you watched the show from last night? Yes. Uh, right. Uh, it was good. It was a pretty decent show. Uh, obviously, we're building up. Next week looks like a pretty good show. Uh, I yeah, absolutely stacked, yeah. Uh, I liked it. I'm, I actually love Finn Balor at the moment, NXT. Mm. Um, I mean, if I was sort of from WWE's point of view, I'd just take him up straight away because as a heel, well, I think it's more of a tweener now. I just think he's pretty much, he's shit hot. Um, he looks motivated. He's, he's one of those people, he's just like, he's naturally cool. And I think all his takeover matches have been excellent. Uh, the match oh, yeah. Reese was very good. Um, I'm not convinced with Johnny Gargano. I'm sorry, but I, I just want him off NXT. <laughs> he's one of those people. Why, man? He's Mr. NXT. Everyone loves him. I think he's been on there too long, in my opinion. And I think, you know, when someone needs to sort of take a break, and mm. I, think that, I think now that NXT is no longer a developmental brand, I just think he should just maybe. It's just my opinion, by the way. So if anyone's sort of, you know, shaking their head and dis, you know, disagreement, that's fair enough. But I just, I'm a bit bored of him. And who else can he really work with? He has, he is. You are right, and I think that's another reason why I'm bored of him, because he is Mister NXT. But he's. What else can you do with Johnny Gargano? I know he's a heel now, and he's. Oh God knows what that theme song's all about. I can't stand it. (laughs) (laughs) It's terrible. So you're not a fan, which is good to know. No, I I, I think. No, I know. I'm kidding. kidding. But as a heel, nah. Thumbs, thumbs down. As you thumbs like. down. Thumbs down. But <laughs> are you... Because obviously you saw the... Um, minor spoiler. You saw the throwing up segment last night with Robert Stone, right? You, you saw all of that. Yeah. I, I... And... Well, I think this is tying in to the fact that Vince McMahon... I think you have to... I think you have to think... It's only a rumour, but I'd be amazed if it's not true. I think it ties into the fact, and again, everyone that's people were saying, that Vince McMahon has now taken more of an interest in NXT because he's sick of AEW beating them. So as a guy that literally, you know, you said, I, I will always make sure I watch NXT. Does that not worry you a little bit? Like, do you want your, you know, do you, do you want WWE, I guess, it's a poor way to put it, to infiltrate 
your NXT, which is what Vince McMahon will do, you know, all the stupid humor, humor and everything like that. I know what you mean, but as long as Triple H uh, sort of gets the final say, so Vince is now paying more attention to NXT. That's a good way um, to put it, yeah. As long as Triple H is still sort of steering the ship still, then I'll still be okay with that, with Vince sort of um, paying attention a bit more and sort of taking his eye. I mean, I'm surprised he is not like <laughs> just literally pinched Keith Lee because, you know, the size of him. And I can imagine if Vince was to start you know, doing it, I can imagine Big Show squashing Adam Cole in like two minutes and Big Show's the NXT champion and uh, Charlotte Flair will be multi-time women's champion and... Uh, Viking Raiders are back in NXT, but they're just now doing stupid shit. Uh, as we've been, as we saw in the <laughs> backlash, I don't know what that's about. I, it was one of the weirdest things I've ever seen in my entire life. I, I, I didn't like it. I, I'm not one of those super serious fans, by the way. I like Kashima. I enjoyed the Money in the Bank match, um, like the Fire Fun uh, Playhouse match. Uh, fun house sorry that match i enjoyed it but i just thought that match with the viking raiders and street profits was absolute trash and i'm also forgetting that the street profits are actually tag champions that, that i do agree with <laughs> i think that the, the, i mean the, the things i didn't like i didn't like that it uh, it spilled over into raw i didn't think we need i think it should have just been a one and done silly thing that we put on a pay-per-view and yeah, the fact that Big Show had to come and remind them what wrestling matches was, I thought was absolutely ludicrous. I was like, you can't have people being that dumb. And uh, he came it, back it, as a baby face. And I, oh, <laughs> well. that, 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 dude, that, I, that doesn't even surprise me now. It's I expect so him to turn. Now. He's doing expect, it on purpose now. Of course they are. I expect him to turn on a dime. But yeah, I um, I, I don't know. We, we, this is my thing. Like, And I do agree with the points you made about AEW's tag team division. But my word would I like WWE to care more about theirs. Yeah, I just I like tag team wrestling a lot, and you've got so many good teams. And I, you know, when again, I if sometimes I have moments where I'm like, "Who's the raw tag?" Oh yeah, yeah. I shouldn't have to think; it should be an instinctive response, but it's not. I, I generally have to look, like, okay, oh yeah, Street Profits and Forgotten Sons. No, wait, no, yeah. <laughs> no I, I, New Day. And you can see why when. The revival went on Jericho and Cornette and just said like they don't have an interest on tag team wrestling, and it's it's true. You see it on a weekly basis. Vince and whoever else is sort of dictating what goes on. It just they have no interest for it. They'll put matches on, but you can tell there's no real um, intention to make it. Yeah, you know, put a spotlight on it or um, show any real interest in it. No, oh, yeah, you you can't deny it now. I, I still hope for the day that it changes, but I think I, I think I'm probably barking up the wrong tree. Um, sticking with WWE because again, I'm intrigued now because you've mentioned how much you didn't like the, uh, the, the, the whatever that thing was. What has been your opinion? I don't think I've talked to anybody about this on this show, and I should have done. What's been your opinion on the Jeff Hardy and Sheamus stuff? Because obviously a couple of days ago, it came out that if you were watching SmackDown on the East Coast, uh, sorry, on the West Coast in America, Fox decided that, you know, somebody throwing piss in somebody else's face shouldn't be, shouldn't, they shouldn't air it. So you had 98 or 95% of that segment, but then they cut out the, the Wii throwing. So, you know, it has caused some controversy. That's what controversy is. If the, the network gets involved and says, nope, you're not doing that. I have made my feelings known about it. I find it a little bit uncomfortable. I wouldn't do if I didn't know about Jeff Hardy's personal life, but 
I think sometimes I think the way I see it is Jeff Hardy's kids probably watch this and they don't confuse the issue. Anyway, what do you think about it? I don't like it. I'm more offended by the angle as opposed to another. Well, Jeff Hardy throwing piss on Sheamus, but <laughs> what fair play to Sheamus for selling that. He sold that so well, it cracked me up. I oh, my Sheamus is great. Yeah, a serious feud. Like, um, okay, like like you said, like he's got family and we want to believe Jeff is going to get better, but it wasn't even that long ago that he was arrested again. So you're, you know, how, how does he feel? Um, this being spotlighted again, you know, is it really helping him in his recovery? And obviously his family's watching this and his fans and his family. Um, and I think Rebby, I think Matt may have as well, but I could be wrong, but I think they were vocal about it online and I just don't need to see this feud. I really don't. Um, both men, you know, they're talented and yeah, they've had their careers in WB, but for them to be feuding with each other over a real life situation that has made you and I uncomfortable, it's just there's no need. It's just who's like on pay per view, uh, sorry, on the pay per view on Backlash, Seamus, Seamus fucking beats him. Like, who's actually <laughs> who's benefiting from this feud? Who's looking better? So I, I think it's a waste of time, in my opinion. And I, I want to sort of see this end, and I want to see both men uh, go on to better things. You hit the nail on the head there. I don't think I've ever mentioned that before, but I totally agree. What if he does? I don't want it to happen. I hope Jeff Hardy is well and healthy for the rest of his life. But if he does have a relapse, oh, man, then all of this gets even more awkward. And I always caveat it by saying, if that's what Jeff Hardy wants to do, it's his life. I would never dare to tell him otherwise. But I just I, I like reality in my wrestling, but I think the reality needs to be very specific things and yeah. not personal demons and everything like that. I, I find it uncomfortable. Do you remember really, the bad really timing when CM Punk and Jeff Hardy feuding, and then later on by the end of the year, Jeff Hardy's arrested. I know, man. That's just <laughs> oh, and yeah, then it's just... Him, but um, but well. but like you said, let's sort of fingers crossed. Um, Jeff Hardy. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, it's nothing to worry about. I mean, I think maybe Shame. I think they're either going to do a three-match program, and obviously the heel has to win the first one. Either though, I don't agree with it. Uh, but I'm secretly hoping that maybe Sheamus. And again, I think Bray Wyatt is on SmackDown, so I, I'm not massively confident about this. But a small part of me hopes that Sheamus actually gets put into a world title food with Braun Strowman. I really like Sheamus. I think he's underrated. I think once he's retired and we actually go through his career in hindsight, uh, we'll 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 talk far more. Um, well, far, with far more praise than some people do now. I really, 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 really like Seamus. It's just, I just think he's good. He knows who his character is, and he kicks ass. You got no complaints from me. I like Seamus. I think he's a uh, he's a good worker. Uh, I feel sometimes they sort of drop the ball. Sometimes, you know, when he had that um, title run in 2012, and they're trying to make him like Irish John Cena, and he was doing like cringe segments with um, Del Rio, and but. I think when he first came in, he was shit hot heel. He was great. And uh, I wouldn't mind seeing him and Bourne because at the end of the day, you know, Bourne needs people to work with. So, Yeah, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure that Bray Wyatt is on SmackDown. And I think there will be a, yeah, there'll be a massive reason for that. But I'm intrigued to see where WWE is going after this week. They're recording so much tapings in such a small period. I can't imagine that some things don't slip slip through the cracks. Mm. But hey... 
you know, we, we, we will we will absolutely find out. What did you think about everything between Randy Orton and Christian? I mean, because I, I found it intriguing. I never actually thought that this was Christian coming back. I just thought it was an angle to get Randy Orton over more as a psychopath. But then afterwards, there was just this barrage of people going, oh, no, he's going to have a match. He's gonna, and there was rumors that it was going to be at SummerSlam. I'm still not entirely convinced because I've not heard of anything about, you know, even Edge's return got out there. I think Christian's return would have would have leaked as well. Um, just um, where do you see it going? And if Christian doesn't have a match, because some people have said, oh, he doesn't have a match, it's a waste of time. But I don't agree with that at all. I think because the feud with Edge and Orton, uh, I think because of the finish of Backlash, it sort of uh, leaves room for more to be done. And with Christian, I think he does deserve one more match. Uh, <laughs> sorry, let's get that in. I enjoyed it. I think it's good. No idea why Flair was involved. Could have that done. That was weird, wasn't it? Could have that done was without really him. Weird. I think. Yeah. Um, also, you know, Flair's had really bad health problems, and they're traveling him out there just for that segment, which didn't need him. But take away Flair, I think the execution was very good. I think uh, Orton is proven. What you were saying about Sheamus is how I feel about Orton. I think Orton. Yes, he has had multiple title reigns, and yes, he's had many, many, many pushes. But I think as a worker, he is criminally underrated. People call him boring and moan about his headlocks, but I, I think I think his his character work is absolutely superb. Just little things he does, and he takes his time with spots. And I do hope that we do see Christian and Orton. Um, oh, I'd love that. Yeah, I'd love the match. I just I don't. I, I I'm just not convinced right now. I'm not convinced he's been cleared. Um, I I don't think it's going to happen. I think we're going to go back to... Well, I think originally we're going to go back to Edge and Orton, but it just depends um, how long Edge will actually heal. So I think Christian was going to be involved and I think Edge was going to come back and then we get that one last match, obviously, because both men are one. one. So, But if it means... Because Edge is uh, injured at the moment, if it does mean that they've now got a push for Christian to come back after that segment, then I'm cool with that. What did you think about Randy Orton versus Edge, the greatest wrestling match ever? Because obviously you just mentioned how much you love uh, you love Randy Orton. And I think it, I, I watched it twice because I'm a massive geek. And I, I'm i a huge fan of that match. I think, again, it will age well with time. I thought it was fantastic. I mm. really liked it. Both men worked hard. Uh, I would have removed the crowd noise. It was a bit distracting. And it didn't help that they were switched to the crowd. Well, the uh, performance center guys. And there was just like softly chanting, this is awesome. And it's like, this is awesome. And it just didn't really work. Uh, but that's pretty much my only criticism. I thought it was just fantastic. Perfect length. Uh, told a great story. I liked the finish because you do protect Edge at the same time because Orton did have to cheat. Um, but Orton gets his win back. And uh, I would happily recommend it. And it's probably one of the best matches I've watched uh, during this pandemic. Ah, oh, yeah, I, I think so. I, I don't know whether it's my favourite. I'd have to sit down there and actually and really, really think about it. But I loved all the all the bells and whistles. And I can't believe the row that broke out afterwards. In fact, you can give me your take on it because I did talk about this, but I didn't get any feedback. This idea that it's not a real wrestling match because it was pre-taped and therefore they could do edits or retakes, I should say. That just doesn't bother me. Like, to me, 
I, I, it's different when you're talking about a boneyard match. That is completely out of the realms of what professional wrestling is. Yeah. But even if even if a company decided to not go live and decided to pre-tape their matches all the time, and if somebody botched up, they do it again. As long as I sit down there on my couch and the editing is to such a skill that I don't notice and it flows, what's the problem? I, well, I, I find I it bizarre. I've seen like Dave Meltzer, for example, not rating certain matches because they've been edited. But you've also rated matches that. For example, when they've been on TV, they've had breaks. So you've not actually seen the full match because it's it has been yeah, cut. Yeah, that's a good point. But, a really so, good point. Okay, so it's right for you to give that match four and a half stars. Um, but, but, you know, you didn't actually see all of it and it missed certain bits of it. But because this match has slight edits, um, you can't rate it. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't ruin my viewing pleasure of it. And you can't... Okay, like you said about the uh, Boneyard match, yeah, that's fair enough because... It, wasn't a wrestling match, was it? It was, it was fucking great. <laughs> I would, I absolutely loved it, and it was the highlight of the weekend for me. But you know, you, you can't have this conversation and say, okay, it, it was a very good wrestling match. Whereas no, exactly, Edge and yeah. Orton was a wrestling match. Yeah. I'm sure you will agree, but um, everyone's different, and I, I understand the argument as well. But um, but to say it wasn't a wrestling match, I, for me, I think that's a bit bollocks. <laughs> i'd agree i thought it's it such a strange thing and loads of people were tweeting me and i was like what are you talking about it's just just accept it for what it is accept the presentation mm-hmm. and move on from there especially on a card like backlash which again i didn't think was a terrible show but there was a lot of lag i that did first, I was yeah, terrible. well the first the half i was like thing. yeah the first half i was like oh I don't know. I don't know how we're gonna we're gonna get through this, but we did. But we did, and that's the that's the most important bit. Is there anybody that you think right now is being underused? Because um, one of the cool things that's happened, obviously, during this period, is Oscar has kind of gone from someone that has had an incredible you know amount of support behind her, as you'd expect, but actually now to be putting in an awesome position. Now I don't necessarily equate that to everything she's done with Nia Jax. I think that's been very confused, but whatever. That's a small thing. Do you think there's someone right now that should have the the, the rocket strap to them? Because obviously Apollo Crews is in a good position. MVP has come back, and it looks like that he may be sort of investing in Bobby Lashley more. But is there anybody else that you've kind of been watching the last couple of years that you don't understand why isn't getting a spot? Ricochet. Great point. Great. I mean, where the hell is Ricochet? He can, like if you if you believe in kayfabe, Ricochet just died, right? Yeah. <laughs> Ricochet just dead. So where did he go? After that match with Brock Lesnar, what the hell happened? Like. What did he? What did he do to piss off people? Like he, in terms of his high flying ability, is probably one of the best in wrestling right now. Maybe Will Ospreay's better. There's probably a few that people are going to say mm, you forgot about him. Um, but um, Ricochet he is such a good performer. He looks great. He has good matches. Okay, it's Mike Work. He ain't the Rock, but I believe what he says. And he was he was getting over. So why all of a sudden have you just literally put him on main event? You know, like he's said, like tweeted out some stuff supporting Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> the weird thing is, I just checked his Twitter, and he hasn't tweeted in a week. Now that doesn't mean anything, but I find that a little bit interesting. We 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 have to see what goes down. But no, I don't understand it either. I mean, I know he's been doing a lot of matches on main event. Uh, I don't watch main event. I don't have enough time in the day. Something has to be sacrificed, and it's, it shows like main event. Mm-hmm. I th- I think that it's 
Uh, I think that it's tough because there are other companies out there, as we've seen before, where somebody like Ricochet would be flying, quite literally and figuratively. So to have his... Uh, the other weird thing I don't get is that he was put with Cedric Alexander, who is in exactly the same position. Both those two guys, in terms of their in-ring work, would absolutely smash it. And let's not pretend that in-ring work isn't a massive... You know, it's, it's a huge selling point for today's product. It just is. And those guys absolutely excel, so... I, I actually wouldn't mind I, them as a tag. I, I know they were a tag team. Um, if they've been a main event, then I wouldn't know because I actually have stopped watching it for a very long time. But if you kept them as a tag team and then pushed them properly on you know, the main television, then you could get some like a good result for them because they're both more than capable of having good matches and um, you know building up that chemistry and even you know, add more traction to the well. Let's we've already pointed out a weak tag team division. Well, I think they kind of, you know, they, they both tie in. Yeah. You know, Ricochet and Cedric Alexander would have been able to shine in that position. But that's another case of WWE just dropping a story. I mean, they were supposed to have this big thing with Thorne and Vink. Like, MVP was going to manage them. And then what hell happened to that? It just stopped. Actually, it just, just stopped about that until you just reminded me. But do, why would you remember? It, 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 got, <laughs> it, got, it got dropped dead. So, again, that kind of sums up both the tag team division and how they see Cedric Alexander and Ricochet. But it is a, it is a massive shame because... Again, you know, that match with Will Ospreay that he had a couple of years ago that broke the internet is still the match I show to people that want to get into professional wrestling because it's so easy to understand. Guys flipping around the place will make people stop, uh, you know, stop the, the channel flicking, as they say. And then you just need to make sure that you make them fans for life with other stuff. You know, the more storytelling. There's absolutely a place for both. So I think that's kind of, you know, my, my last point, and I'll get your, uh, your take on this too, is obviously, you know, Bruce Pritchard is is in control of both now. Do you think that's going to help the cause? Or do you kind of buy into this rhetoric that all these guys that we were pushing, you know, Apollo Crews, Alistair Black, uh, Angel Garza, Andrade, do you think that they could be, in, I don't say in trouble, that's a bit too extreme, but do you think they may be about to take a different path in WWE? I absolutely agree. I think they're going to be taking a different direction now because... I am someone who does love Bruce Richard um, as an entertainer. I listen to his podcast on a weekly basis. Mm, However, from what I get from it, I don't necessarily get um, the feeling that he is the most creative person. Um, you know, he's, he's sort of good at pitching Vince's ideas and selling Vince's, you know, creative decisions. So if we're, we've basically got someone who's going to be running both shows now and he's going to produce this show the way Vince wants it and... For these young guys that Paul Heyman, from what we read, and I do sort of believe it because um, a lot of it did happen with Angel Garza, uh, Austin Theory, Drew McIntyre. I think some guys are going to be okay. Drew McIntyre, I think he's going to be safe hands. Um, but I think we're going to get a lot more bad comedy. And I do fear a lot for the Sasha. And uh, I, I think people will probably listen to that thinking, oh, he really loves that storyline. But I do. But I do fear for that storyline, uh, Bailey yeah. and Sasha Banks, because it's it's just been booked so well lately. And I don't necessarily want to be a, a, you know, negative because I think we're sort of lucky to still be having wrestling uh, you know, on our TVs during, with everything that's going on. But um, I'm, I'm not too hopeful with what's going to be happening in the next few months with Bruce in charge. Do you think... Obviously, you've mentioned the Bruce stuff, but do you think there's any worth, given that both shows are happening in the Performance Center, that having one dude kind of feeding back to Vince would be of benefit as opposed to two? Or do you think it makes no difference whatsoever? I don't think it makes much difference, to be honest. No, neither do I. Um, <laughs> I. I would just literally get rid of the brand split, personally. But um, some people like it, to be honest. 
uh, I did like it uh, many years ago, and I liked it when it first happened with the draft. But I, I think it's just uh, sort of a dead idea now. And I think you'll get more with mixing it up and you'll get more feuds and you don't necessarily um, have to rely on two or three guys on each show. Yeah, I know what you mean. I think it's difficult. To me, if you end the brand split now, you can never bring it back. I'll, it's just, it's, it's, it's started and stopped so many times. I'm like, you've got to pick a lane, guys. You've got to pick a lane and stick to it. But Oh, they'll find um, a way. Don't worry about that. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> what happened to this thing about somebody could jump, you know, somebody could jump, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, to each show four times a year. No one's mentioned that in a couple of weeks. Gone and then Mustafa, yeah, Mustafa Ali secretly got traded to Raw. No idea what that was about. No one's explained that to me either. It's so weird. So much stuff, bizarrely. I don't know. It's, it's worse know. than the AEW rankings. Oh man, I tell you, the AEW <laughs> rankings are both the, the best and the worst thing. I like them just for some fun, but oh my gosh, they wind people up. Well, that doesn't make oh, any sense. This does doesn't make any up, sense. To be honest, especially when it's mentioned in commentary <laughs> like And it's like, all right, okay, so we're going for this tag team division. And okay, so Jimmy Havoc and Kip Sabian are the number one contenders. How? Okay, and then we've got MJF, who's undefeated, beat Cody. Uh, Luke Harper gets tart shot instead. How? It's you. You keep going on about its division, but you're not following. Uh, not division, sorry. You keep going about its ranking, but you're not following it yourself. But um, I'll stop being a mark and. Uh, I'll, I'll... Nah, dude, you're allowed. You're allowed. You're allowed to be a mark, man. Never let anybody tell you otherwise. That's the whole point. That's why we watch Still it, right? Still to me, damn it. And it always should be. And it always should be because that's what it's all about. <laughs> And uh, on that note, we, we will start wrapping it up. George, thanks so much for joining me today. I enjoyed that. It was like a nice catch-up of wrestling over the last two years. Like a yeah, post-mortem. Man. It's been good. I'm still watching it. I will still moan on social media about it. But uh, I will still always love it. Uh, dude, there ain't nothing wrong with that. And of course, uh, got Fighter Fest in a couple of weeks. Got Extreme Rules. The nice thing is this weekend, there is no pay-per-view. Can you believe it? What a world we live in. There's actually a break, which never seems to happen in wrestling. But I'm actually, I, I could use with a bit of a, a few days off, I'll be honest. I watch SmackDown and I'm just going to have a, a weekend of no wrestling. And then I'll be excited for it again on Monday. But dude, thanks so much for your time, man. I appreciate you being on. No problem at all. Thank you for having me. Always, always. And again, if you want to come on the podcast, you can. Patreon.com forward slash Simon Miller 316. You can also come say hello at Twitter and Instagram at Simon 316. Check out my YouTube channel. Search for Simon Miller. Check out my Twitch channel, twitch.tv forward slash Simon Miller 316. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. That's all my stuff. Take care of yourself. Take care of each other. And we'll be back next week. <laughs>